Hi guys, I'm SPD. I hope you're doing awesome today. Today we're gonna look at Leviticus 16 and we're gonna look at this Torah portion of the week. Um, I'm really excited about this one. It's gonna be great. We're gonna talk about the Day of Atonement. We're gonna talk about um, the scapegoat offering um, that Israel performed as well as a few very important instructions that the New Testament, there's a portion of the New Testament in Acts uh, a super important portion, which a lot of you might know as the letter to the Gentiles. And they are actually talking about this portion, what we're going to read today in that letter. So it's really important. New covenant, old covenant, it's important throughout all of that. So let's dive in and let's look at what it says. From the congregation of the children of Israel, he takes two male goats as a sin offering, one ram as an ascending offering. And Aaron shall bring the bull as an ascending offering, a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats and let them stand before Yahweh at the door of the tent of appointment. And Aaron shall cause lots for the two goats, one lot for Yahweh and the other lot for Azazel, or also known as the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the lot for Yahweh fell and shall prepare it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the Lord fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented to life before the Lord to make atonement with him and let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. So what they did is they had the scapegoat and they, they came and they put the sins of Israel on the scapegoat and they led him into the wilderness. And this is where the whole phrase comes from. When we say he or that this or that person was a scapegoat, what we're actually saying is that they are taking upon themselves the consequences that someone else had to actually have on their shoulders. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities into the land not inhabited. And he shall let go of the goat into the wilderness. And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all the transgressions and their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. So one interesting thing about this portion is here in this portion, the father starts delving into the day of a feast that we call the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement is a festival that the father sets apart. It's a day that he sets apart on his calendar and he gives us specific instructions on that day. He tells us to take a Sabbath rest on that day and he also tells us to fast. So let's, let's dive into this 29 and this shall be a statute forever unto you. That in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls. That means to fast and do not work at all. That means to take a Sabbath, whether it be for your own country or a stranger that sojourns among you. This is for your own country, native country, or any stranger that sojourns among you. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath of rest unto you, and you shall afflict your souls by a statute forever and the priest whom he shall anoint and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead shall make an atonement and shall put on the linen clothes even the holy garments and he shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation for and for the altar and he shall make an atonement for the priest and for all the people of the congregation. And that shall be an everlasting statute unto you. To make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. This is quite interesting. The father is saying here that this is a statute forever. 
Now, of course, there's a lot of us today who would say, no, but the Lord was exaggerating. The Lord was being, you know, po poetic, maybe. But no, guys, here the Father is saying that this instruction right here, it's not an old covenant instruction. It's not a new covenant instruction. It's not, it's not about that. He says that this surpasses everything. This is a statute that we are to keep forever. This day, this festival, this day of fasting and keeping of the Sabbath is a day to be kept forever. Where we will afflict our souls and we will remember. It's, it's the day of atonement. It's a day where atonement means a sacrifice is given. A, uh, atonement is made for you. And we all, of course, know that this day, even in the way that it was celebrated way back here, points to what Yeshua came to do. And now it still points to what Yeshua has done. This is a day where we afflict our souls. In other words, we, we, it's not a, it's not, this is the kind of festival where it's not a huge party, but this is rather a festival where there is fasting, there is prayer, there is, there is a, a, a heaviness almost, where, where we reflect on what Yeshua has done for us. And of course, the part where the atonement, the physical animal is sacrificed, we, do not, we cannot keep that. Today. We cannot do that because an animal sacrifice needs to always be presented at a place that the Lord has appointed at a temple, an appointed temple in Jerusalem or at a temple at the temple of Moses. Right. We have none of that today. So you cannot go and make an offering and, and celebrate this festival. And in Leviticus 17, we are going to read what the Lord actually talks, says about that. He actually talks about unauthorized animal sacrifice or animal sacrifice that are done outside the bounds of what he specifically specified worship that is done outside of the way that the Lord specified the Lord has specified and this way you will worship me and you will not worship me in the way of the pagan nations and the Lord considers any kind of worship that he does not specify in his word any kind of other worship that we do on our own and outside of his bounds, he considered that worship as a worship unto idols. Let's read it. Verse 17, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and unto his sons and all to the children of Israel, and say unto them, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, What man soever shall be of the house of Israel that kills an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp, all that kills it outside the camp, and brings it not into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation to offer an offering to the Lord before the tabernacle of the Lord. Blood shall be imputed unto that man. He hath shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. He says that if you make an atonement with outside of the bounds of that the Lord has specified, in other words, not at the tabernacle of meeting, that animal's blood would be on your head. And that, because that is an unauthorized sacrifice. He goes on in verse 5, To the end that the children of Israel may bring their sacrifices which they offer in the open field, even that they may bring them unto the Lord, unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, unto the priest, and offer them for peace offerings unto the Lord. And the priest shall make shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar of the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and burn the fat for a sweet savour unto the Lord. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils, after whom they have gone a whoring. This shall be a statute forever unto them throughout their generations. And those shall say unto them, Whatsoever man shall 
there shall be of the house of Israel or of the strangers which sojourn among you that offer a burnt offering or sacrifice. Guys, so this is not only an ordinance or an instruction for people who consider themselves maybe part of the house of Judah or a Jew or anything. He actually says that this is for Israel or the show, the stranger who sojourns among you. This is for the people who consider themselves you know, part of Israel in terms of bloodline and even the people who are strangers among. In other words, he's saying that everyone who desires to follow the God of Israel. This is an instruction for and this goes for all of the Torah. In Exodus, we read as well that this is there is to be one law, one for the native born and for the stranger among you. There's one law. There's not one for the Jew and one for the Gentile or one for this and that. No, there is one law for everyone because that would only make sense because there's one God and God is one. And he says, this is my instruction. He's not going to give one for this people, one for that people. There's no Jew or Gentile. We're all one in Christ. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I want to submit to you that the death is in the blood too. All manner of disease, all manner of we today in science know of so many diseases, HIV and AIDS. We know of all kinds of diseases that are transmitted by blood. If you drink blood, there is a good chance that you're going to inherit some of those diseases and they're going to be placed upon you. And furthermore, you know, a lot of us, we would a lot of people would say, you know, all of these instructions are done away with. But then when we talk about blood, when we talk about this instruction of, of eating blood, it, it's actually quite apparent that this is still in effect today. The thought, this instruction has not passed off because first off, I mean, the, the whole ordeal sounds sickening to eat blood, uh, you know, and but see, now we're going to start picking and choosing because now we're going to say, well, you know, maybe this instruction is applicable. But, you know, all of the other stuff, you know, all of all of the other stuff in the Torah, everything else, you know, it's. It's not applicable, really. Or we would maybe say, or oh, maybe, you know, unclean food is not applicable, but we shouldn't eat blood. You see, we should be very afraid when we start thinking in that mindset of picking and choosing, because we in Christianity, we've had this thing of um, moral law and ceremonial law and, and all of these things that have nothing to do with the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's not in there, guys. It's just man-made traditions that have been designed to make an excuse for us. To pick and choose of what example, of what instruction we want to follow and which ones we don't. Oh, you know, that's a ceremonial law instruction. We're not going to keep that one. Oh, this is a moral law instruction. We're going to keep this one. But in the word, we have no distinction made like that. Therefore, I said unto the children of Israel, no soul of you shall eat blood, neither shall any stranger that sojourns among you eat blood. And whatsoever man shall be of the children of Israel, the stranger that sojourns among you, which hunt and catch any beast or fowl may be eaten. You shall even pour out the blood thereof and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is in the life thereof. Therefore, I said unto the children of Israel, you shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh. For the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eat it shall be cut off. And every soul that eat that which died of itself or that which was torn with beasts, which whether it be one of your own country or a stranger, he shall both wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. Then shall he be unclean. So in other words, a carcass, you can't go and, and eat roadkill. <laughs> you know, you can't eat something that died of itself, right? It is unclean to you. 
But if he washed him not, nor bathed his flesh, then he shall bear his iniquity or his lawlessness. Now, this is very interesting because this very passage that we just read is handled in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we, we see the, the council come together where we have this question of what does the Gentiles need to keep? What instructions do the Gentiles need to keep of God? So let's read it. Acts 15. And certain men came down from Judah and were, Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the practice of Moses, you are unable to be saved. Stop. First off. There is something wrong with that very picture. Because if you know the instructions of Moses, if you know your Torah, you would know that there is no such instruction that, that talks about being saved and, 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 and circumcision. Circumcision has never been associated with being saved. Yet they're saying here that Moses is inst instructed that if you're, you need to be circumcised to be saved. Guys, go through the Torah. Go through the instructions of Moses. You will not find it there. There is nothing there that says that, that connects salvation with circumcision. So first off, we know that these guys here that's, that's making these accusations, they don't know their Torah, number one. And number two, they're inheriting the traditions of men. And they're lifting their traditions above the instructions of man. And Jesus himself, Yeshua himself, spoke against this. He said, you lift your tradition your man-made tradition about the instructions of God. And he, and he spoke against the Pharisees in that way. So again, we're dealing with that issue here. The law of Moses is not the issue. The issue is that we're lifting our traditions and adding to the law of Moses. Verse 2. So when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they arranged for Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them to go up to Jerusalem to the emissaries and elders about this question. So, being sent on their way by the assembly, they passed through Phoenicia and Shilamon, relating the conversion of the Gentiles. And they were causing great joy to all the brothers. And having arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the assembly and the emissaries and the elders, and they reported all that God has done with them. And some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. Again, they're bringing up the idea of circumcision. He's saying it is necessary to circumcise. And just as we read earlier, they're connecting it with salvation. And the emissaries and elders came together to look into this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men, brothers, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by the mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the good news and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the set-apart spirit as also to us. So if you know your Bible, you would know that Peter was the one who received the vision who, that allowed him to go and speak to Cornelius. Where God told him that he should no, not call any man unclean. Not, not a food, but he should not call any man unclean. So by that instruction, Peter went and he ministered to Cornelius and Cornelius received the Holy Spirit. This is why Peter is saying this. And made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by belief. Now then, why do you try God by putting a yoke on the neck of the told ones, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Which yoke is he talking about? Is he talking about the yoke of God? Is he talking about some kind of yoke that God placed on us through his instructions? 
Or is he talking about a yoke that comes with man-made beliefs? Man-made traditions. Traditions of saying, if you do not do X, Y, and Z, if you do not do, 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 you cannot be saved. No, I want to submit to you that the Father God has never given us yoke by His instructions. He, would, he never gave us instructions to enslave us, but to set us free. Go read Psalm 119. He says, your instructions bring freedom. Your Torah is truth. It's not a yoke. When he talks about a yoke, he's talking about, we read about earlier, that, we, that the people have been teaching that to be, to be saved, you need to be circumcised. Verse 11. But through the favor of Messiah, Yeshua the Messiah, we trust to be saved. In the same way as they. See, he's saying we're not saved by circumcision. We are saved. He's talking about salvation. We are saved by Messiah. By our faith in Yeshua. By grace, not by works, so that no man may boast. But by our faith in Yeshua. And because we are saved, we are obedient to the Father. Verse 12. And all the crowd was silent and were listening to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God did among the Gentiles through them. And after they were silent, Jacob answered them, saying, Jacob's answered them, saying, Men, brothers, listen to me. So this is James uh, in your Bibles. Shinnaman has declared how God first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And the word of the prophets agreed with this, as it was written. After this, I shall return and rebuild the booth of David, which has fallen down. And I shall rebuild its ruins and I shall set it up. So that the remnant of mankind shall seek Yahweh, even all the Gentiles in whom my name has been called. Called, says Yahweh, who is doing all this. So he's saying that even from the foundation of the world, even before everything, God has established and planned for all the world, not just the Jews, to receive the gospel or the Torah, the prophets, Everything, Yeshua's the, the salvation we find in, in, in Yeshua and everything that goes along with that. Verse 18, who has made this known from of old. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from the defilements of idols and from whoring and from what is strangled and from what is blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has in every city, does proclaiming him being read in the congregations every Sabbath. So here he's saying, he's, guys, he's, he's quoting what we just read in Leviticus. And he's saying, guys, so listen, I don't want you to be burdened by the Pharisees who tell you that if you're not circumcised, you will not be saved. But I will tell you that you need to be obedient to the Torah. You, will, you need to be obedient to this part of Leviticus. And he quotes Leviticus and he says, abstain from the defilement of idols. Pouring what is strangled and from blood. And if you know your Bible, you would know that in Leviticus, we always see that this, this instruction, what we should eat or what we should not eat. It's part of what a lot of people would call kosher. You know, it's, it's God sets apart. He makes holy. He says, this is clean to you. This is unclean to you. And so the father here establishes his standard of holiness. And here... Here we say, they said, so guys, I want you to, I want, don't be burdened by the traditions of men, but you need to be obedient to these instructions, to these essentials. And why, you know, we could ask the question, why did they point out these essentials? Because they were essential. If you are still defiled by idols while you proclaim a, a faith in God, if you are still busy whoring, if you are still eating what is strangled, if you are still eating blood, 
You cannot continue in that continuous habitual sin and profess that you know Messiah. Or profess that you know God. This is impossible. You need to turn from your sin. You need to repent. And true repentance. This true repentance would come with this. With turning from these sins. And look what he says in the next verse. Guys, this is incredible. Look what he says. He says in verse 21. Right after this. For from ancient generations Moses has in every city those proclaiming him. Being read in the congregations every Sabbath. He's saying that Moses is being proclaimed, has been and is being proclaimed in all the congregations we have right here. Every Sabbath right now, we are proclaiming Moses. That's what he's saying. And what he's actually saying is, guys, let them do these essentials. Let them follow these instructions. Let them do these essentials. Because they are going to be hearing the rest of it in the synagogues. They're going to go into their assemblies. They're going to go into whatever churches, quote unquote, as we call them today. And they're going to be hearing the Torah of Moses. They're going to be instructed on the rest of it. That's what he's saying here. That is what he means. You see, he's not picking and choosing. here. He's not saying, hey, these four and the rest, throw that out. He's saying these four you need to obey. And then when you go. And when they go into the synagogues and in their, in their congregations, they're going to know the Torah. They're going to be read it. They're going to be instructed on the rest of it. Why are we not teaching the very foundation in our churches? You see, when, when here there was an understanding, there was an understanding that if you go to a church, if you go to assembly, you're going to be instructed on the front of the book. I cannot remember the last time I sat in an assembly and a church. Where I was being instructed on the front of my book. The front of my Bible. Because it's not being done anymore. We skip it over. But yet here in the letter of the Gentiles. On where we discuss the matter of what did the Gentiles need to understand and learn. It's being pointed to the Torah. He's not pointing to some New Testament thing. He's pointing to the Torah. He's saying these. And he points to a few things. He says these essentials. We teach them. And then the rest they'll get in the synagogues. And he says, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. After the doings of the land of Egypt where you dwelt, shall you not do. Or in other words, in the doings of the world, you shall not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, which I bring you, shall you not do. Neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall do my judgment and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. So guys, listen to this. James, a, 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 a scholar, you know, they were scholars in the Torah. They knew what they were talking about. They came and they said, guys, don't be burdened by anything except these things. And he points to this portion, Leviticus, this portion he's pointing to exactly what we read. And if you read on one verse, he says, you will not do what, what, what the world does. You will not do what they do in Egypt, but you will do my judgments. You will keep all my statutes and you will follow what I say because I am the Lord your God. You see, and guys, I want to submit to you that when that letter to the Gentiles was delivered, I bet you that the Gentiles were going to Leviticus to read in depth. What was being instructed? Okay, okay, guys, so the, the apostles told us to do this. So now let's go. We're reading it. We, we go to Leviticus and we're reading it. And guess what? I bet you that they finished that chapter. 
which instructs them that they will keep the rest of the, the Torah. And they will keep all the instructions of the Father. Well, this is not rocket science. This is so simple. And the reason that this letter to the Gentiles, we don't hear this in churches, is because it goes against so much theology that we have been pushing in mainstream Christianity. Where we can pick and choose. Where we can, we can say, you know, this is, this is important, this is not. You know. Guys, I want to submit to you, listen, this is not a burden. I'm, I, I, as an individual, I'm personally... I've picked up my cross and followed Yeshua with all that I have. And I've told, my, I've told the Father, I said, Lord, I'm going to follow Him. I'm going to do all that Yeshua did. I'm going to walk as He walked. And guys, guess what? Everything in the Torah, Yeshua did. Because if He broke it, if He did not do everything that was written in the Torah, He would be lawless. He would have sin on Him. And He would not be able to be our scapegoat. He would not be able to take our sin upon Him. Because he followed the instructions of the Father. And so now because he's died for us, will we now go and sin? Paul says, on the contrary, we establish the Torah. Not, we, don't, we don't abolish it. On the contrary, because we have faith, because Yeshua has done this, because of all this, we establish the Torah. Right? And, and so I want to submit to you guys that this is for us. The Father is calling us back. And I want to submit to you, there's so much misconception on the instructions of the Father. Man, I am free. I am as an individual. PD, I am free. Look at me and tell me I'm in bondage. I'm not in bondage, guys. Some, of, some people have told me that to follow the instructions of God is bondage. Guys, if keeping the Sabbath is bondage, if, if resting is bondage, then I don't know what freedom is. I mean... Guys, it's freedom. Freedom. And, and, and these instructions have been designed by the Father to get us free from the diseases of Egypt. You will not drink blood. And so you will be free from the diseases of Egypt. You will do as He said. You will not sleep. And, and if you go and read in ver chapter 18, which we, we, I want you to go and read that personally. Go and read it. I'm not going to read it. It's disgusting. Go and read the things in 18. We talk, it talks about homosexuality. It talks about sleeping with family members, with people who, who you are not to sleep with. Uh, uncovering the nakedness of brothers and sisters who you are not to uncover the nakedness of. That is what we read if we go on here. But now I want to submit to you that if we... See, this is the issue right here. We have homosexuals. We have people committing all kinds of abominations as the word calls them. The word calls a homosexuality an abomination. Right? God calls them an abomination. And God does not change. God does not change His mind. We change our mind. We change our mind of what do we follow and what we don't follow. But see now, if we are going to start picking and choosing, if we're going to start saying this is applicable, this is not. If we're going to start saying the Old Testament is old and not applicable to us. If we're going to start saying the Torah is abolished, the Torah is fulfilled by Yeshua, we don't need to pay attention to that anymore at all. If we're going to start saying that, we're going to end up with a world and a generation of Christians that start saying that, you know what? Homosexuality, that thing it says an abomination, you know, that's all covenant, it doesn't matter anymore today. And guess what? That is exactly what has happened. This is why we get priests and people who are being ordained 
into ministries who are baptizing people left and right, but yet who profess openly even that they're homosexuals and we're okay with it. Guys, I'm, I'm using homosexuality as, as simply an example, but we, are, we can extend this to everything that the, the Torah and the prophets talk about. Because we start compromising, we start picking and choosing. And when we start picking and choosing, we can, we can do what we want. We can say, oh, you know what? This one, I don't like this instruction. I don't like this one. So, you know, this one is not applicable to me. You know, but I don't like homosexual. So that instruction is still, is still applicable. Or, or whatever the case is, we start picking and choosing. And God is saying today, you will not pick and choose. You will keep all my statutes and my commandments. That's what he said, what we just read. There is one law for the stranger who sojourns among you, Israel, and for you. There is one law. You do not pick and choose. Paul himself said, you are, there is no Jew or Gentile. We're all one in Christ. We're all to follow Christ. We're all to walk exactly as Christ walked. We're all to keep exactly what Christ kept. We're all, all to walk as He walked. And He did everything. He walked in everything. He kept the feast days. He didn't touch unclean food. He kept the Sabbath. Guys, He, 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 he is the walking instructions of the Father. And if you are to say that I'm going to walk as Paul walked, but I don't want to do that one. I don't want to do this one. We're picking and choosing which part of Jesus we want. We're saying, Jesus, I like this part of you. I like this Jesus, but I don't like this part of Jesus. And you know what we end up doing? We end up creating a false God. Just as we read how, the, how if we made an offering outside of the instructions that Father set aside, He said, you will do it in this place. You will do it in this manner. You need a high priest. You do it in so and so and so. And if you do not do this, I will consider that I will cut you off. That's what the Father said. And the same way, guys, if we start making a God by picking and choosing what instructions, it is like we are making a false God for ourselves. If we are to make, if we are to make a fire for the Father, if we are to make some kind of weird offering right here now, quickly, like the Father said, if you do not do it in this specified way, He considers it as an offering to idols because it's not the way that He said it. So if it's not the way that He said it, then He considers you not doing it for Him, but for something else. And if you do not walk as Yeshua walked, but walk as a part of Yeshua, God will consider you following a idol, a Yeshua that He has not brought you, a Jesus that God has not shown you. If you do not follow the Jesus that we read about in the Bible, what Jesus are you following? You can't pick and choose. You can't make your Jesus up from what you like and what you don't like, from your fleshly desires and worldly passions. You cannot do that. If you do that, you will one day stand in front of the Father and He will say to you, depart from me, I never knew you. Because guys, the only difference between me and a Muslim, the only the differences between me and a, a new ager is the instructions, is the Bible. It's what is, God has been instructing us to do. He's instructed me to love God with all my heart soul, body, everything that I have. And, and, he, and He instructs me to love my neighbor as myself. And He instructs me to not keep, commit adultery. And He instructs me to do etc. etc. And then this group of instructions is what defines the God I serve. And if I don't follow those instructions, 
I might as well be a Muslim or a new ager or, or something else because that's the thing that defines us. The way that we live defines the God we serve. You see, if, if you say we're faced with you, that's why the Lord says, if, if you, you say, if you say you follow me, why don't you do what I do? And he says, the one who says that I know him, but does not do, do what he says and not live by what he says. That one is a liar and the truth is not in him. And this is what this is all about, guys. So please go and read on from here. Go and read Leviticus 18. Read on from there, 18 and 19. Read on and see what the Lord has said. It's I don't want to even read it to you because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we as a human humans have fallen so short of the glory of Christ that God had to instruct us on this. If you go read it, you'll get what I'm saying. I hope this encourages you. I hope this blesses you guys. Um, thank you so much for sticking with me through this teaching. Um, May God bless you and may he keep you. May he shine his face upon you, give you strength and blessing. May he give your prayers attention. For he says that the, the, the prayer of the righteous is what falls on the father's ears. And may your prayers be like that. Lord, I just thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you, Yeshua, for today. I thank you for your instructions, Father. I thank you that we have been left with them and you have preserved them for us. How incredible, Lord, are they, Lord? Lord, as the psalmist in Psalm 119 says, Lord, Lord, I meditate on your law day and night. Lord, I, oh, how I love your law. Lord, that's what the psalmist says, Father. And Lord, give me that heart, Father. Give us the heart of the psalmist, Lord, who had such a love for your word and your instructions, Lord. Father, I pray, God, that you would come and, and, and take out our heart, of, our, our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Lord, that you would make us in a way, Lord, that you would change our hearts, that we would, not, that we would want to obey what you have written in your instructions, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the freedom found in your word, Lord, the freedom from disease, Father, the freedom from all kinds of curses. And I thank you, Lord, that you say that, Father, when we obey them, we will be blessed, Father. That that is the thing. And if you if we do and live, as you said, we will be blessed, Father. I thank you for that, Lord, that you have you have made us a way that you've given us instructions. In the name of Yeshua. If, guys, just a, just a disclaimer, these instructions have been designed to have you to give you blessing to give you good health to give you uh, to let you walk as Yeshua walked and this is guys this is not about salvation right this is about walking as you walk walking as father walked and this is the fruit of our salvation this is what comes after we're saved right so we're saved now what Salvation is only the starting line. It's not the finish line, guys. Salvation is the kickoff. It's the starting line. It's the whistle that blows when you start the race. And see, when we run that race, when we run it, as Yeshua said, and as the apostles say, when they talk about running the race, it's about being obedient. It's about what comes after salvation. And this is it. The instruction in the law of God is not the root of our salvation. Listen to me carefully. It's not the root of our salvation. We do not work for our salvation. It is the fruit of our salvation. It is the honor of our salvation. It is the pleasure of our salvation. It is the honor of being able to walk in Yeshua. All right, guys, may God bless you and keep you. And I'll see you in the next video.